0: So I like it. Why don't we talk about this marketing automation checklist insurance edition and preface it with, and kind of contrast, compare and contrast between, you know, less complex organizations in the insurance space and and more complex organizations and what that means. Okay. Yeah. Like that, Chris? Sounds
1: good. Good. Good.
0: Swing It podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 39, Cam? 42. 45. (laughs) 45. Who do we have? Chris O'Neill, Robin
2: Robin Kroll. Ben Pugsley.
0: Michael Turksani. All right, got a little stepped on there. We're talking marketing automation. We're talking marketing automation because, I don't know, that's what we do, I guess. That's what we do around here? Everything yeah. yeah everything marketing automation and this is the insurance edition because we have a a, a hot off the press uh, bunch of research that we that we did well it kind of is a bunch of research it's 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 several years and hundreds of meetings and all kinds of uh, in life deployments and scenarios that have led us to have Jen write a blog about how to go about selecting a marketing automation platform, seven step checklist on our website, Goosedigital.com yeah. slash blog.
1: All over LinkedIn too, guys, all over yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, Goose
0: Hev- Div- heavily promoted to our Insurance Canada uh, audience on LinkedIn. So we, we wanted to go over, you know, we thought this was a good place uh, as people are kind of figuring out their next year and evolving their marketing automation and where they wanna to go to you know, step through these seven items and, and learn a little bit more about, they, uh, about what, what they mean to the average insurance organization. So maybe we'll start with um, you know a concept that we were talking about earlier and we'll go around just sort of what, it, what, what does these things each mean to uh, all of us. But um, this concept of like complexity, you know, so when you're thinking about making a strategic investment in um, a priority like marketing automation um, and that type, that that that's that type of strategy layer, you know, it's not just selecting a tool. Part of the, the 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 matching your technology to your needs in many ways from a marketing automation perspective has to do with. Uh, the complexities in your organization. So, for an insurance organization, if you are not terribly complex, meaning maybe your book is eighty um, percent weighted within you know a certain line of business, and within that maybe heavily weighted within a market or two, and that's really probably going to be one of your biggest bangs for your buck from a, from an automation from part of the automation lens. While you, you know your system as a result doesn't need to be very complex or, or or have that capability, you know? Sure, certainly could use a, a higher end platform, but at the end of the day, you could probably get away with something that is much more straightforward uh, in your business. But if you have complexity and that complexity could come from size, we talked about. Um, yep.
3: Brands, the book itself,
0: regions. Brands, regions, you know, these types of elements. If you're a network of brokers, yep. All of a sudden you know well hold on we need a system that's going to work and now, and you know that's a lot of what our our platform or our, our, our experience is so why don't we just go around maybe Chris we'll start with you in terms of you know how do you feel about those two lenses you know the between the less complex which doesn't necessarily mean small but you know less complex and more complex lenses are related to marketing automation
1: yeah I would say that, that most of the conversations that we have you know as we sort of get into sort of understanding what the business is there's usually some um, some kind of level of complexity. In other words, like there is uh, there's a need definitely to personalize messages across different uh, bands of customers. So even if you've got a you know if you've got an eighty for example, you've got an eighty percent of your of your base is on the personal line side. You've got twenty percent on the commercial, and that's kind of like developed out of your personal book. Then it's like okay, so where is it, and we talked to a lot of people who are looking to focus a lot on the commercial side. Well, that means that they've got sort of, um, they've got a a number of different sort of segments that they want to communicate with, which means that a email blast program uh, that's just going to send out the same message to everyone and basically have one simple sort of landing page, etc., that's not going to work because you're going to need to send those those specific messages to those to those audiences that's that's going to make sense. That sort of separates. So when you've got a multiple, you know, multiple different sort of bands of of customers or constituents that you need to speak with, that you need to communicate with, that you need to draw, then you've got that sort of that that level of complexity to uh, to to deal with. That's where you need that sort of more marketing automation leading type of, of platform that's going to give you that capability and that functionality that's one aspect
0: so we're, we're come yeah. back to to jen after robin did you want to pipe in on yeah you know, the the, the uh, that and as it relates to sort of upside and and you know growth
2: yeah, so so thanks. That that's a great segue. It's like you read my mind there because um, you know if there's an organization that says you know what we're 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 not too complex, pretty straightforward. We know our customers are. We we can just send this email blast, pretty straightforward. Well, first of all, I think you're you're really miss uh, you're misunderstanding your audience and your customers and what their level of expectation is because customers, and and we've we've seen this over and over again, um, customers are not satisfied or happy to be getting that generic one one message fits all. And there's a much greater expectation uh, from their insurance provider to have that level of personalization and recommendation. Uh, And to me, that goes right away from the uh, simple to the complex. And any organization who says, yeah, we're, we're okay with that simplified, they are missing a lot of opportunities for growth, right? Because that that's where that growth opportunity comes from saying, well, you know, I might want to do something that's a little bit more sophisticated. I might want to, you know, do more personalization, more recommendations, some some cross sell. Um, you know, some creative stuff. So as soon as you, and, and that's, that's yeah. what you need to do to grow. So as soon as you start thinking that, well, you, you've gone beyond that basic. And, um, it, you know, if you don't have a platform, then you're actually limiting your ability to grow because you've made this decision on the technology, so uh, I think missed opportunities and then um, you know limiting your ability to grow are things that um, th- those are going to be implications of not having the right platform.
0: Yeah, Jen. You to build yeah, on that? and
2: I think I think what's
3: interesting what you said there, Robin, because what's it's like it's it's like you can see how quickly that happens, like that light bulb goes off where it's like well, what can we do this? Well, what if we did this? And then all quickly within six months, you're like, well, no, we can't do that because of X, Y, Z, or because you don't have this, or you don't have that, or, or the platform that you're working with has limited capabilities in that area, or let's call the developer and see if we can get that on a customization roadmap. And so I think, I think that does happen quite often. And then you kind of just default and you know, those initiatives or those things get um, put on the back burner, which also prevents you from um, having this kind of really testing and measuring um, mindset. So I, I definitely think it, it the light bulb goes off pretty quick. But I, I also think that like around the small broker, I think it's not really small or big, right? I don't think anyone said that. But I no. just want to point out that, you know, even these small brokers who are You've got, they've got big growth goals or they've got a, they've got a, you know, kind of a digital mindset. Like there's a lot of complexities there as well, even if they've got a very small book, um, but they've got, they've got big plans. So, um, yeah.
0: And, and those strategies may be very similar, you know, they are very similar across, across the industry. I mean, we, we maintain a list of strategies as, as you guys know that we pull from across, you know, lead generation and, and sort of top of funnel, middle of funnel and, and, and customer marketing for the insurance industry. So we, the strategies are really remain the same. And as they want to deploy those strategies to the uniqueness of their business, whether it's a product or one of the segments that you talked about, Chris, that's really where without that foundation of, of, a, of, a, of a system that can do that, where you run into the, the the roadblocks where, you know, yeah. like you said, you're cutting a change request to a developer that built a system, or you're doing a lot of manual work effort delegated to a junior to pull another list and pull another segment. And it's very much a one-off, a one-off initiative rather than something that is be, being built as a foundation in your business. So yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly a whole lot there. If we go back to some of the other things that you brought up Jen around you know, privacy compliance and deliverability. I mean, I think this is a a big one when you're, when you're looking at selecting a system um, that, you know, in 2020, it's not that straightforward, you know, like email, just email is, is, is got, got its own issues and complexity. And you've, you've put SMS on here as well. So why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, the, the complexities around that go around a bit on, on the privacy and compliance piece and deliverability.
3: Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it is a big one. I think the one of the things about the, these, these best of breed platforms is they're, they're only going to allow you to do so you're, they're only going to allow you to mess up so much. I think, um, when you're just starting out, you really don't know what you're doing. Um, there's just so many nuances from subject titles to rendering images properly. You mean they,
0: you mean they protect the average user?
3: They pr- protect the average user. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so when you're, you don't know what you're, you're doing or it's your first kick at the cat, you know, I don't want to name other platforms here, but you could probably do, well, you can. I mean, we've had customers come to us that reputations are are completely shot completely mm-hmm. shot and, and and you cannot come back from that reputation very easily at all um so that they, they, you can get you can actually do a lot of damage just in some of these platforms that are just going to let you to hit send um, you're not able to monitor things like deliverability you're not able to catch your subject titles and and how big your images are rendering and your logos like you know, the size of the moon. And it's just, it's all of those little nuances. And then your brand is going out to these, these customers. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, That that's yeah. just one kind of basic that doesn't, doesn't put your brand out there in a good way. So
2: and, and I don't know if you strategically put that as the first one on your, your checklist, Jen. But uh, to me, I think that's, that's absolutely the right place for it to be because these are these, you know, if those, those, uh, those things are not in place, anything else that you do, it, you're not gonna get that, that email or that text into the, the inbox or into the phone of your, your desired your, your customer or any kind of a, a, a lead. So these are these basic right. things. Uh, they're really complex, um, you know, not just an in insurance, you know, across all industries. Uh, yep. most, most people, even within the marketing teams, don't have that level of expertise. And that's the kind of thing you wanted to just say, you know what, I've got that covered. So I know that I've got a platform that is going to uh, make sure that all of those things are checked off, maintained, and, and being done so continuously so that we can go to that next step, which is really, you know, crafting the right message or the strategy, but you're, you're assured that you, you're, you know, 99% of your messages are getting to your intended recipient.
1: Yeah, a couple things there. Um, uh, in this industry, Okay, like I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't think that, that anyone would be shocked to hear that a lot of the base platforms, the BMS platforms out there are um, a little long in the tooth. Um, yes, there are some, some programs that they're capable of managing policy. There's a GL on there, which is great. But a lot of times I think a lot of the leadership in these organizations that have been around for a while, maybe even second generation are asking questions like, like can we get you know can we get to our existing customer base and it's like well here's the problem is that we can't get data out of it or hey here's the problem we only have like half of our of our policies have actual email addresses attached to them or we have like and then it's like well i guess we'll just give up and we can't sort of like sort of get into that so The thing about a marketing automation platform is that it can help as a part of a solution, can help to kind of activate that existing base. So for example, your existing base has probably the most gold in it because yeah, you can go out and find some new business and stuff, but your existing customers know you, they know uh, that you're a good provider. They are probably going to Listen, if you got out to them. So the question is, how can you get that sort of value out of your BMS when it is kind of like not easy to kind of get that stuff out? So it's like that layer of marketing automation can activate that for you and can help you grow that sort of part of it. So yeah, it's email is sort of like that linchpin that can sort of give you access to all that gold that's, that, that's sitting in your BMS.
0: Well, I think this is a good, um, I think we'll pluck a couple off here. Cause I, I, you know, I don't think we'll be able to talk at length about all of them, but I think this is a good, uh, place to talk about the integration flexibility that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's two things, you know, building on what Chris said that tend to come up around, um, this industry. And one of them is that, you know, the data is in the BMS, um, and we We'll we'll almost make decisions on products that can access that data, or there's a perceived access to the data piece. So we'll we'll kind of overlook all of the downstream functionalities of the product because it's got the integration. So that's kind of one piece that happens a lot. And the other piece that happens a lot is that while we have, you know, we really want to be careful about the rekeying. You know, we don't we don't want to be having to deal with. Marie um, King and I think part of the what what's often missed out in this integration kind of conversation is that with a more capable system or, or what you would call I guess the market leading marketing automation platforms that are out there and I think this is sort of getting around now but it's still not well known is that they do have these integration capabilities already there and actually tying into data let's let's talk a little bit about that tying into data is not something that is, as difficult as it used to be, um, certainly when you've got organizations like Goose that you know pre-map every all the BMSS and all the data lists already for you. So Jen, you want to talk a little bit about just kind of overcoming the 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 data piece and some of the flexibility that's out there?
3: Yeah. So I, I put that in there because you know I, we work with we work with insurance providers that have. Um, what we would say the best case scenario integration and then brokers or your, you know, customers like you say, Chris, who are like, Oh, I guess we can't do it then because we, we don't have this direct integration. Right. So we've tried small pieces and, mm-hmm. and what I see that's common. So even on the companies that have, let's say the best case scenario integration. So that means there's like a, 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 an access to a CRM. It's like, it's like a really good scenario. Right. And it's still it's it's still even if you have all the integration and you don't have a platform that can handle all of the segmentation and Mm -hmm. all of the audiencing and all of the if and and statements and, you know, writing custom programs like not custom in terms of development, but custom inside the system, it's like you could have all the best integration in the world and you're still gonna fall flat on that campaign side if you don't have the proper, so when, if you don't have the proper system deploying and setting up your campaign. So it's sort of like, and we kind of ran into a situation, I remember about a year ago, where there was this direct integration, right? Real time on a, on a, on a broker, on a, on a BMS to a to marketing automation. And when you actually look under the hood, it's like four fields, right? And then you think to yourself, okay, that was a big API project for four fields. That's going to power one use case, we could have done that with, you know, with with no customization API. So, um, I I think, like, I don't know if that's answering your question, just in terms of like how we've the other thing is too is that like and i and i think this is going beyond the basics but the third party integrations that these platforms have they have ecosystems of plugins that you can pull off the shelf if you're trying to you know do a fun holiday campaign or, or something like that i think you know that's kind of more on the enterprise level that we that we deal with that not so much on the on the smaller insurance providers but there's just so much out of box that can be done around that, around that topic that, uh, I, I would say that we don't, we, you, you know, we we don't run into those roadblocks as much as we, as much as we used to three, four years ago.
1: Yeah. I think uh, the, the point about what does integration actually mean? And I think it's, it almost feels like a magic word sometimes when a, um, when a, uh, principle here's the word integration there's a certain they want to believe that it's like oh that means this but it may only mean four fields as Jen said it may only mean very little value actually when you start yeah. into it you know so I think sort of exploring what is the game like what what is the intention what is that sort of overall thing before you sort of start digging into what um, you know what a uh, particular provider means by integration well, but I think, I think that's you know the oh sorry go ahead robin
2: no i was just going to say the key the key with integration is is really flexibility right because there's mm-hmm. what you want to do today right i need those four fields to power one specifically market one marketing use case well hopefully there are very few providers saying i've got such tight blinders on i can only see what i'm doing today uh, you need to be able to look at least, you know, for the next six months, the next year, you might not know what you're doing exactly in five years and that's okay, but it's important to be able to say, well, I, I have this objective, this goal, this strategy, and I need an integration that's flexible enough that can allow me to do what I want to do at least for the next couple of years. And, and these, these platforms with the flexibility of the integration and, um, the 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 volume of fields, the different uh, types of fields, the different uh, sources of data that they can bring in. I would say that for uh, you know for most most providers, that's going to that's going to be more than enough for the next couple of years. And keep in mind that these uh, marketing automation platforms, the best breed ones they are constantly adding new integration opportunities, right? So they they are looking at that uh, three to five-year uh, perspective, exactly. So, you know, before an insurance version you can get to a point where, oh, I'm limited, these platforms have already gone ahead and, and added those integrations. And that, that's really important to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the, the message around integration, you know, I think what, what I'm hearing is that, that you may have a limited integration, but you have some level of out of box integration with whatever you've uh, found as an, an automation solution, as a air quotes automation solution. But even if you had all the, let's say you had a, a robust set of fields, you may not have the upstream or the downstream however want to look at it within the actual platform that you're working with to take advantage of all that right so yeah. and truly take advantage of it by the slice and dicing if you are if you have complexities in your book and you want to carve people off and suppress certain groups and send a totally different piece over here because it makes more sense to us and really just becomes treating the whole program much more at a at a strategic level than just the ability to execute um something within the system so i think i think that's really where the message around the integration piece on your blog is that you know just having that kind of flexibility but also have all the uh the segmentation and and tools and personalization to actually leverage it um i think we'll wrap up with cost effectiveness because i think you know it touches a little bit about what you mentioned robin and i'll start with chris on this one just around, you know, the the larger, the the more best of breed, if you want to call them that, providers having an R and D budget, having a roadmap. But I almost think that at times there's a, a cost profile or a there's there's some kind of view that maybe these systems are just out of our range in terms of cost. So and that's something that we should try to talk about because I think they are very cost effective and in some cases they're either they're, they're less than than solutions that may be um, not best of breed. So, Chris, do you want to start off with that?
1: That's a great point. So, like, I think that there is that perception, Mike, where, uh, you know, these leading platforms are, you know, significantly more expensive than the uh, the more entry-level ones. And so it's sort of like, oh, those, um, you know, those leading platforms, uh, you know, uh, mid-market sort of leaders like, you know, Marketo and, and uh, uh, Pardot and, Acton uh, and HubSpot are like oh they're like out of our out of our range um, versus sort of like a straight ahead email type program. Um, we are um, you know very uh, you know cost conscious of the value that these uh, these programs bring and I'm always surprised by when I walk in and I sort of take a look around what an organization is using and oftentimes almost like like a gasp at the at the amount they're paying for a technology that clearly does not have that that ability to grow with an organization's marketing plans the way that uh robin was describing there um and it's like i i know that it's just a perception because when we get it out on the table it's like oh i had no idea so it's like i'm not sure if it's, if it's uh if it's up to the to the uh, uh, marketing automation organizations to kind of get that message out a little bit more clear. I don't know if it's because the organizations have been using these batch and blast programs for so long that it's like they just creeped up every year a little bit more, a little bit more. till now they're 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 getting incredibly good uh, sort of return on their on their subscriptions, but in any event um, I think it's really important to to sort of get that out on the table early like the um, the functionality versus the cost um, it's 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 actually quite uh, quite shocking and so when we get around to sort of that's generally the the, the most pleasant surprise for our, 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 our prospects when they discover oh I'm already paying this much for you know for my email program that's and the thing, my yeah. analysis program and for my yeah you know there's like a bunch yeah. of stuff. Oh, it all comes in the one platform. Beautiful. And that yeah. sort of simplifies things, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's what I'm finding. Why don't we
0: talk a little bit on the instead of the licensing and and I, that was great cuz I wanted that to come out. Why don't we go around a little bit on and we can start with you Jen and then end up with with Robin on the you know, the cost effectiveness of using these systems as it relates to the end user, you know, we, we made a comment earlier that you can probably simulate a lot of these strategies with you know, either paying your developer a bunch of money to do the the, the customizations manually or literally, you know, pulling lists and manually one by one by one sending all these these campaigns out. When we talk a little bit about the cost effectiveness to the average user, average marketing person that can sort of do a heck of a lot with uh, on their own now with a system like this.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was a broker for my whole career up until 2012. So like I always and, and trained over, I don't know, two dozen people on these platforms. And I like, I, to me, I think to myself, like, if I can do it, then really anybody can do it. Like, uh, sure, when you get into some of like the, the bigger, more complex potentially, but you know, it's, yeah, that's my true belief. Like, I think it's there, they are relatively easy to use. I think like when you have one of your Point, Chris when you've got analytics platform over here and you've got a CMS or I mean you're still going to have some of those things but email platform here and a social platform here and everything is siloed and you're learning all of those different platforms versus you know putting the elbow grease into one um it's it's uh yeah they're they're far they're they're they're, they're easy to learn I think the other thing that's interesting to me um, kind of just growing up and learning other kind of technology platforms. Like you know, insurance providers have tons of platforms that that brokers are expected to learn, and you know, all of those kinds of uh, you know, Tam, Epic, like all of those things are are also you know platforms that need to be learned. But you know, all what HubSpot and, and Acton and Marketo and Salesforce, they have these learning platforms. You know that you can literally. Pretty become get up
0: certified. To, speed
3: yeah. to become certified. Like, where else can you actually go and pay 500 bucks and, and get completely up to speed on marketing automation? You know, I've got now six years under my belt, but um, I think that that's fascinating all in itself. Whereas some of these small proprietary providers, Who's training? Then you're then still at the mercy of the development company of who yep. built that software. Whereas these technologies are really enabling you to use the system, and that's what we're all about here at Goose as well. So,
0: Robin, do you want to talk a little bit about about cost effectiveness and maybe sort of scaling up and and you know running kind of automation instead of one 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 offs?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking about you know if you. Yeah. If an insurance provider is looking at just the cost of you know something that's very basic that just you know helps deploy emails versus a marketing automation platform if they put the you know the two next to each other on their marketing budget line items Yeah, there's going to be a big difference, but you're just, you're looking at the cost of the platform. What you're not looking at is the the concept of efficiencies. And we keep on hearing, especially from the small and mid-sized brokers, is that we need to be efficient. We need to be able to do uh, more with less. And Mm -hmm. when you factor that in uh, about being able to do the basics, scaling up. Um, being able to grow the business to be more sophisticated to reach uh, um, you know new audiences introduce new products so when you add all those factors into that sort of that same you know uh, in, in your in your budget then you see that these marketing automation platforms really are the most cost effective to be able to do what these organizations uh, I, I was going to say what to do, but really, it's more yeah. like what they need to do in order in order to grow. So it's 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 critical to you know that 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 vis, that that sort of perspective about the you know the base cost of the platform, but looking at what actually you can do on those efficiencies. They've got to go hand in hand when you're evaluating um, your investment in the platform.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to, to, to leave, to leave the podcast. We've got, you know, there's seven things on the checklist that are on the website that you can, you can go ahead and check that out. Maybe we could link this, this blog too in the, uh, in the description.
1: And thanks guys. It was great.
0: Thanks,
1: thanks
2: everyone.
1: See you next time. Peace.